going to switch gears a little bit here for at least a few minutes, uh, have an interesting discussion. And a warning, it's going to be some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, domestic violence and in particular strangulation. So uh, just be aware of that. Okay, if that's going to cause you any kind of uh, consternation, understandable. Uh, just a heads up. That's where we're headed. Um, and around the world, um, you know, we've seen really it's, it's, it's very interesting an increased emphasis on a particular aspect of intimate partner violence, which, as I said, is strangulation. And, and for very good reason, not only is it a heinous crime on its own, it is also a, a really, really powerful predictor of the likelihood of a woman ultimately ending up dying at the hands of her partner if she survives strangulation throughout, you know, the relationship. It's, it, it's really fascinating. I'm not doing it justice. So uh, let's chat now with Angela Marie McDougall, who is the executive director of Vancouver-based Battered Women Support Services. Angela, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thanks, Shane. Good morning. So this really is, I mean, just doing the reading about it and everything, it, it's really interesting to me how how... As I said, it's a heinous crime, and we need to deal with it on the yeah. surface just like that. But how powerful of an indicator it is of a situation that's at hand and obviously is headed in a very, very poor direction? Well, you know, as you started at the top, we've seen more femicide uh, in the last three or four years. There's been, there's been a spike in femicide. Uh, but what we've known over time is that it is a lethality factor. Uh, strangulation is a lethality factor that is, um, as you mentioned, an, uh, a strong indicator of uh, of potential death in um, in a domestic violence intimate partner situation. And so we've been uh, certainly wanting to raise awareness of it as a lethality factor to make visible uh, the fact that strangulation is um, uh, is very much a part of intimate partner violence, and also to uh, you know ultimately prevent. Uh, more violence, and also prevent femicide. Where did this all start? It, it, I mean, it, it's been around for a few years now, but it all comes out of California, right, in terms of the information that we're learning around this? Well, that's where the research has come out of, mostly in, in California. Uh, there's a training institute on strangulation uh, prevention that has done and, and created data that shows a really glaring picture of the severity of this kind of violence, and that uh, the one in four women will experience intimate partner violence in their lifetime. That what we know is in the, within those numbers, 68% will suffer near fatal strangulation at the hands of their partner at some point uh, through the through the course of their relationship, including uh, strangled by hands, uh, losing consciousness, uh, being sa- uh, strangled during uh, sexual assault or abuse, as well as during pregnancy. And um, and in those cases, 70% of women that were strangled believe they were going to die. What's the situation? I know it's, a lot of, it's grim stuff, as you mentioned. Yeah. It's grim stuff for the morning, uh, but this is these are the these are, this is happening yeah. in houses yeah. and homes and in relationships all across the land. Absolutely, and it's so important. And you know, if we have this information and this understanding, it's important that we share it. Where are we in Canada in terms of incorporating this into the way we handle domestic violence? Are we doing the job that we need to do? Not yet. So that's partly why, you know, we were really happy to begin speaking to, uh, you know, media in order to raise awareness. And, and it matters a lot that we're having this conversation today because there isn't enough information. Now, we are, of course, you know, wanting to raise this through our own uh, promotion and through campaigns and information uh, through social media and, uh, you know, other forms. But this kind of conversation is something that we don't get to have very often. So 
this is one of the ways that we're beginning to make visible that which has been rendered invisible for far too long. But legislators have taken note, right? And there is some, there's, there's laws around this, uh, not only just in Canada in general, but Alberta's taken some recognition of this factor. I mean, it is something that's been recognized by law enforcement or, or at least legislators, right? Sure. I mean, here's the, the thing that probably, that probably people don't know uh, is that Canada has some of the strongest laws on the books around domestic violence, partner violence, common assault, sexual assault, really progressive laws and policies. Uh, the problem that we have, Shane, and this might be for another conversation, is that in general, we're not seeing uh, police services, right. law enforcement actually enforcing those policies and those laws. No, that's the conversation to have right now, I think, because, you know what, you can put in the legislation, you can put it on the books, that's all well and good. But, you know, you mentioned law enforcement, and I think absolutely, I mean, they, there needs to be training and they need to be doing a better job of it. But but it's a whole systemic thing, isn't it? I mean, you're talking yeah. about ER docs, you're talking about prosecutors. Like, you can't just put the law on the books and say, okay, we've handled it. That's right. Absolutely. And, you know, and we've done a lot of work. And and fortunately, you know, well, unfortunately, I I don't know what way way to characterize it, but we have been able to shine increasingly more light on what's happening in homes, you know, and intimate partner uh, violence scenarios, at least over the last few years under, you know, under the restriction under COVID-19 and and drawing attention to how um, that can contribute to increased um, isolation. And so that's been a really good thing in the sense that we've been able to make visible uh, these uh, concerns and also the ways in which organizations are providing support to survivors uh, and also how to, you know, advocating with law enforcement. And we need to do a lot more of it. I mean, this is quite frankly kind of the beginning in a way. And so uh, we're not near uh, at critical mass in terms of attention paid to this. And you're right, it's the laws, certainly, but of course it's uh, you know, it's the medical profession. I have, you know, in the organization I work for, Battered Women Support Services, we advocated strongly to be able to uh, provide training to, uh, you know, to uh, general practitioners, family family doctors. And it's only been recently that we, you know, that I've had the, uh, you know, I'm going to call it the privilege to be able to provide training to residents at the University of British Columbia Medical School. So, as, you know, and it's, you know, it's a two-hour session, Shane. I mean, just it's not nearly enough. Yeah. Uh, however, it's, um, you know, it, it is so important. Physicians uh, often are the first point of contact. Survivors report to their family doctor uh, in, in, great, um, in great numbers, and, you know, and they're often ill-prepared to respond. Uh, and so that's a, a big piece of work. Uh, we haven't had this full commitment, you know, in, by our governments, you know, whether it's municipal, provincial or federal, uh, to really take seriously the lethality, the, uh, you know, how epidemic the violence is and also the services. So uh, this is the work that our organization has set out to do. And there's many organizations in Alberta that are uh, doing that as well. And we join, we link arms with, with yeah. them, uh, both in terms of service, but also awareness raising. Yeah, and it's such important work, and I hope we did some of that here today, Angela. I really appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you, Shane. Thanks for this opportunity, truly. Okay, thank you very much for joining us. That's Angela Marie McDougall, who is the Executive Director of Vancouver-based Battered Women Support Services.